You guys are amazing. First of all, you're here at 6.30 in the morning. You got to eat some good grub. I heard one of the guys say they went through one of the lines and then they were bummed because they went through the other line and that line had bacon. So how many of you got bacon this morning? How many of you wish you would have got bacon this morning? Yeah. Yeah, see, the early bird gets the worm. <laughs> but it's also the early worm that gets eaten first. So anyways, all that being said, good morning and welcome to Reload. You guys are definitely going to be in for an amazing treat today, and I'll go about into that a little later. I want to ask a couple of quick questions. If I call out your name and you're here, I would love to have you come stand up front here with me real quick. First of all, if there's Chris Height from table number 25, or Justin Dickinson, also from table number 25, or Dave Morrison from table number 25, not really, he's from table 7, or Roy Harvey from table 25. Gentlemen, if you're here, come on up. I see Chris. I see Dave. I feel like I'm at a golf tournament for ladies. It's like, yay. Chris, congratulations. Dave, congratulations. These gentlemen are receiving the official, the coveted Reload Journal. And this journal is, is an amazing tool that God has put into our hands to put into your hands. And the pages are blank. They're for you to write the story of your life. And again, I say this often at our table, when we get a new guy, we make everybody in the table sign something and put a word of encouragement, correction, or whatever they wanna do in your book for you to go back and read. That is for guys that have met the Reload Challenge. Is there anybody here for the first time this morning? You would say, I was on Put your hand up, it's okay. Yeah, there we go. We have one in the back. And what table is he at? Guess, table 25. Well, on your table, sir, you have this orange card. If you would be so kind as to fill that out for us and uh, just throw it in the offering basket, that offering basket is there because we're going to receive an offering for the breakfast. Now, you are blessed today because all the guys around your table are going to be super generous and they're going to donate to cover the expense of your breakfast, as we do for everybody, because we have a very, very generous group here because we want to offer free breakfast, but yet we know there are expenses that go along with it. So we are going to receive an offering and I'm going to pray a real quick blessing over that. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that we can provide this breakfast free of charge. We thank you, Lord, that you provide uh, what's needed to offset the expenses and the cost of that. And Lord, we thank you for those that give. We thank you, Lord, that this gift is going into good soil, that good seeds are being planted and good fruit is coming forth in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I said, you guys are in for an incredible treat today. Uh, we have a young man coming up, and I don't say young in a negative sense, uh, but Tim Gillios, he makes his way up here. Um, I've just fallen, don't creep out at this, I've just fallen in love with this man. He and his wife have just been such an encouragement and inspiration uh, to me. And people think, you know, well, he's a whole lot younger than you. I've probably been in ministry as many years as he is alive, but probably not quite. You're over 25, aren't you? Yeah, so barely. But that being said, there is so much that this 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 man has taught me and encouraged me with and build me up and I watch him and for weeks and months I was watching him I'd go to Pastor Town and say man that dude's got it he he's a good dude and I just you know been encouraged by him and today I know he's got something great to bring to you that is going to be just as much encouragement to you as I'm sure it's going to be to me so Tim take it away come on thank you All right. Hey, uh, uh, Pastor Eric, I got one comment for you real quick. The early bird does get the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. 
just throwing that out there. A few of you will get that later on. You'll be driving because the first one, thwap, done. Second mouse comes up. It's not mine, but sure, tweet it. <laughs> All right. Come on, it's good to be here. Uh, as uh, Pastor Eric said, my name's Tim Gillio. I've been on staff here for 11 years actually now. So it's been quite a while where I've been on staff. I came on staff in 2006 uh, when I transferred from Michigan State University to Grand Valley, kind of came back home, felt God leading me to come on staff here. So it's good to be here. I'm married. My wife, Rachel, she's like, I wish I could be there, but it's men's ministry. So she can't, uh, and she's at home hopefully sleeping still with two kids. Uh, we have uh, Josephine, who's four, and Jaden is two and a half. Awesome uh, little little balls of energy, I guess, for any way to say it. Uh, and then we got one on the way. We're still trying to figure out that one's name. It's a little boy born in July, so that's gonna be awesome. Today, today I wanna talk to you guys and I wanna encourage you about the story that we tell. We all tell a story when we live our lives. Every day we're, we're putting a new chapter or a new paragraph or, or maybe a new sentence. Uh, in the story that we tell, I wanna, I wanna talk to you guys a little bit about the story we tell in a new perspective that I've got. But before we kind of get into that, can we just pray and just ask God to do what God wants to do? Ask the Holy Spirit to come in and teach each and every one of us individually for what we've got going on. So if you would, would you bow your heads? Father, we just come here right now. We're, we're here this early, it's early, Lord, it's Tuesday. We're here so we could sharpen each other. We could get encouraged. We can get built up, Father. But most of all, we're here so we can encounter your love and your grace and your power. Father, as we just sing about it being well with our soul, Father, right now, I just pray for every, every one of us in this room, every man represented here, every one of us, Father, that we would be men that carry your victory, that we would be men that carry your freedom, that we would be men that carry your love to, to every person that we encounter. So we just ask you, Holy Spirit, do what you want to do. Open up our eyes so that we can see, our ears so we can hear, and our hearts so that we can understand. We love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to start to you guys with just reading a story out of Luke chapter 10. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. I'm sure many of you have heard this. It starts out and it says, then an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus saying, teacher, what must I do to get life forever? Jesus said, what is written in the law? What do you read there? Remember, this is an expert in the law asking Jesus this question. So, so Jesus kind of puts it back on him. It says, the man answered, love your... Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your mind and also love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said to him, your answer is right. Do this and you will live. But the man wanted to show the importance of his question. So he said, and who is my neighbor? Jesus answered, as a man was going, and this is the beginning of the story, as a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, some robbers attacked him. They tore off his clothes, beat him, and left him lying there almost dead. It happened that a priest, come on, that's a man of God, a priest was going down the road. When he saw the man, he walked by, he walked by on the other side. Next, a Levite, that's a helper in the temple. Next, a Levite came there after... Um, 
After that, he went over and looked at the man. He walked by on the other side of the road. It says, then a Samaritan. For those of you who don't know what a Samaritan is, is a Samaritan is a person kind of, he would be half of, of Jewish descent and half of another descent. He kind of mixed. And what happened in that culture is the Jewish people would kind of shove him off to the side and say, we don't want to interact with you at all. So you got to imagine the tension going on right here. In this story, you've got a Jewish man who's fallen down. He's been beat. He's been left to dead, naked. He's fallen down. Two other Jewish men walk right by him, ignoring him. And then you've got this Samaritan that comes and this Samaritan who should have been rejected should be almost repulsed by this Jewish man because remember, this Jewish man probably represents everything in his life that has gone bad everything in his life that's gone bad. So you got this Samaritan that's walking by. It says, then a Samaritan traveling down the road came to where the hurt man was. When he saw the man, he felt very sorry for him or he felt compassion for him. He felt very sorry for him. The Samaritan went over to him, poured oil and wine on his wounds and bandaged them. Then he put the hurt man on his own donkey. So he took his comfort away, didn't he? Because he could have been on the donkey. The donkey was either carrying something for him or he was riding on it, one or the other. So either he had to carry some stuff himself or he had to walk himself. We don't know what the situation is, but the, the Samaritan put himself in a situation where he lost comfort to help out this man who represents everything that's gone bad in his life, probably. Put him on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he cared for him. The next day, the Samaritan brought out two coins, gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of this man. If you spend more money on him, I will pay you back when I come again. So you can imagine this Samaritan frequents this inn. You get, the, you get the impression or else the innkeeper will have no reason to, to trust his word, right? So you can understand that he frequents the end. So you've got this story that happens. And can I just, can I just be honest for a second? If, if I'm honest with this, this convicts me. This does. This convicts me because it shows me of my shortcomings. There are so many times when I'm driving down the road and I see someone pulled over on the side of the road with blinkers on. And this is what I do. Man, I got a meeting. So I just whew, go by. Or man, I, I, got, I, got, I got something I got to do or I got my kids in the car and, and I, just, I just go by. And you want to know what? It's true. I can, I can justify all the times I've, I've, I've blown by people that need help. I can do it, but it, but it, it convicts me a little bit because, because guess what? I'm, I'm too busy. I can imagine that, that priest and that Levite had the same thought. I'm, I'm too busy. I've got stuff going on and genuinely... That's true. It's true. We're, we're busy. But God's been kind of giving me a little bit of a new perspective, talking about how we live our lives, how we're writing a story. God's been showing me something in the last two and a half months. And this is what God's been showing me. As men of God, we're called to impact other people. Just like I'm writing a story and you're writing a story, everyone's life is a story that they're writing. And what God's been showing me is, Tim, part of what you're called to do as a man of God is to impact the stories that other people are writing. We're called, we're called to impact the stories that other people are writing. We're called to help them write their stories. And one of the saddest things to me is I have seen 
I have seen some of the most generous people in my life not be Christians. You know what I mean? Like some of the most generous people in the world are not Christians. Where I'm thinking that's kind of backwards. We as Christians, we as men of God should be the ones that are the most generous. We should be knocking the socks off everyone that's not a Christian in our generosity and showing the love of Christ to other people. And one of the saddest things to me is how sometimes I'm so selfish I'm so self-absorbed. You know, there's a country song, I wanna talk about me, you know? And it's like, focus on me. I could so easily do that. I can so easily just forget about other people and say, it's about Tim. It's about Tim's day. It's about how Tim's doing. But we should be blowing this out of the water. We should be killing, killing it in respect to showing love and helping other people. Matthew chapter 22, a guy comes up to Jesus and says, what's the greatest commandment? And I can imagine that Jesus probably didn't have to think long about this. Jesus probably just answered pretty, pretty matter of fact right away. And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And Jesus could have left it there. You know what I mean? Like he could have been like, that's it. The question the man asked Jesus was, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus answered it. He said, love God. But instead, Jesus adds another sentence because he knew that there was more to be said. He said, the the first thing is love God. But then he said, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. We're We're called to love our neighbors as ourselves. You wanna know what I, I, I hear now when I read that? We're called to impact the stories that other people are writing. We're called to make their stories just a tad bit better. Reggie Joyner, he's the founder and CEO of, of a, a foundation called Orange. And they, they set up to help churches impact their communities around them. And one of the things he said is everyone wants a little bit better story. It doesn't matter how good your story is. If your story is great, you still just, it would be nice to have a little bit better story. And that's true of everyone. And how easy it is, this, this Samaritan made this guy's story just a little bit better or a lot bit better, right? He impacted his story. I can imagine that this changed this Jewish man's life. I can imagine that there were some perspectives that changed before the incident to after it. I can imagine that, that he thought about some things a little different than he did before because this Samaritan took a few moments and said, I'm gonna take some time to impact the story of other people. But how easy it would have been for that Samaritan to just walk by, to just say, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna walk by, I'm gonna be done. I'm not gonna worry about it. But instead the Samaritan said, no, I'm gonna take a few moments And not only did he just take a few moments, he gave away his comfort. He gave away his time, his comfort, and his his finances. He financially said, I'm gonna take care of this situation for this man. And I can imagine that it's all because he just said, I wanna help him have a little bit better story. I wanna help him have have a a little bit better day. The other day, this was, it was actually my wife's birthday. It was March 16th. I was at Myers with my father-in-law. We were picking up a couple of quick things so I could make my wife likes a fruit pizza for, on our birthday. So I make a fruit pizza for her. But we're, we're stopping at Myers and we're going through and we, we, we kind of forget half the stuff we're supposed to grab. So we have to go like all the way back to the other side of Myers and we go all the way back to the other side and we're going through this Myers. And 
I was kind of getting flustered at this point because it's thinking, because I'm thinking it's taken a long time, right? It's taken so long and it's my wife's birthday and I've been here for 45 minutes and I'm the guy, we're men, right? We go into Myers, it's like, we wanna get in and get out, right? Give me a list. It's like a target to be achieved. I wanna be successful by getting everything on the list. And when you forget something, you gotta go back to the other side. It just gets, so I'm frazzled kind of at this point and we're walking up, we're walking up to the checkout counter and have you, I'm sure you guys have probably experienced this. We're walking up and I was kind of focused on myself for a second, but something switched in my heart. And what I did is when, when a switch happened in my heart, I believe it was the Holy Spirit kind of stepping in for a second, flipping a switch in my heart. And I, all of a sudden I listened and I kind of looked over here and we're walking up to the self checkout lines. You know what I mean? How there's, uh, this particular one had two here and two here. And we're walking up to this one and, and uh, that, that, that switch happened in my heart and my ear opened. And I noticed that there was a dad and a daughter over at this other side. And I had seen them a couple other times in the store because remember I had to walk back and forth. So I had seen them a couple other times. And this is what I see. I see the dad doing this. And you can, you can kind of see him kind of getting panicked and rushed and, and something happened where in my heart, I, I just kind of took and I said, I think, I, think they've, I think that he's misplaced his wallet. So the story kind of begins to unfold. The dad begins to tell his daughter, I left my, I don't have my wallet. Well, the daughter said, go out to the truck and get it. The dad said, I didn't leave it in the truck. I left it at home. And while this is all going on, I, I look over at my father-in-law. He has no idea what's going on. And I say, uh, I say, hey, dad, can you start checking out? And I just walk over there and, and I had this imprompting to why don't I just make their story a little bit better? Because you wonder what? They could have gone to Myers and this is what their story could have been. I went to Myers and I walked all through and got everything I need. I think it was like $40 worth of stuff. So we're not talking like, you know, a whole grocery list. We're just talking 40 bucks worth of stuff or whatever. Their story could have been, we spent all that time. And now uh, the dad, you can imagine how embarrassing this is for the dad, right? He lost his, he doesn't have his wallet in front of his daughter, in front of all these people. Now he's walking over to the lady that's running it. And he's going, listen, I, I forgot my wallet. And he goes over and I just walk up and prompted by the Holy Spirit, God telling me to do this, asking me to do it, telling me to step out. The daughter's right there. And I just asked the daughter, I'm like, can I pay for, can I pay for it for you? Can I cover it? And she kind of was like, what? I said, can I cover it? And she's like, yeah. So I get out my card and I put it in and I start doing the thing. And the dad comes over and the dad's like, wait, what's going on? And you could, and all of a sudden this story that could have been this family going in and having this horrible moment where the dad feels embarrassed and the daughter kind of feels embarrassed. All of a sudden I got to take it and take and flip their entire chapter that they were writing of their story that day. And he's like, the dad said, I don't even know what to say as I'm, as the receipts print out. And I said, I said, how about this? God loves you turned around and walked back. You wanna know the coolest part of this? I got to impact, God's love got to be displayed to the dad and the daughter, the cashier that came over and I thought that was it. All of a sudden I go back over and I'm starting to finish checking out my stuff. The guy that was next to us in line, so the, the family that I helped was over there, the guy that was next was right over here. He comes over to my father-in-law and I, and this is what he says, that was so cool. He's probably like 21, 22 year old guy. And he's just like, that was so cool. And I thought, man, because I decided to stop being selfish, to stop looking at myself, 
for literally three minutes. Literally, God got to display his love to at least four people. I got to impact the story of at least four other people. Gandhi said this, Gandhi said, find yourself in the service of others. Find yourself in the service of others. Greg Rochelle, who's a pastor of a church, pretty big church, you probably heard of him before. Uh, he said, the fastest way to forget about God is to focus on yourself. I thought that was good. The fastest way to forget about God is to focus on yourself. I, I can flip that for you, you ready? The fastest way to forget about yourself is to think about God. The fastest way to forget about yourself is to think about God. We have opportunities, men. We have opportunities to impact the lives of other people. We have opportunities to help their stories be just a little bit better. Mother Teresa is the prime example of this, right? She literally dedicated her life to the betterment of other people. She literally said, I'm gonna focus on, I'm gonna focus on making sure other people's stories are a little bit better. So here's the, here's the question. How can we as men, how can we as men impact other people's stories. I was thinking about this this week and I literally thought, you wanna know it, it doesn't have to be anything big. I go to the Y all the time. I could choose to hold the door open for someone, right? I could choose to hold the door open. I could choose to let that other person have the parking spot so they can get a little closer to the door. And I could deal with the inconvenience of walking 20 more feet, right? You could pay for someone's coffee. When you're driving, you could actually stop. That's kind of pointed at me, Tim. You could actually stop when you're driving and you see someone pulled over on the side of the road. You could give a bigger tip. Give a bigger tip. Give a bigger tip with a note left with it that says God loves you. Jesus loves you. God wants you to have a better day. Ask someone how they're doing. Have you ever done this? Have you ever asked someone, hey, how are you doing? And then after they answer, you ask it again. No, I mean, really, how are you doing? Because most of the time when someone asks you how you're doing, you're like, good, I'm good. Even though, you know, if you look at my last seven days, everything's falling apart, but I'm good. You know, no, actually, how are you doing? And then this is the key. Listen to what they say, Right? So you can actually ask someone, how are they doing? And then, and then listen. When I look out here, I was doing this as I was worshiping over there. I looked out and I said, you wanna know what I see right here? I see a room full of story impactors. I see a room full of men that have an opportunity as they go out through today, tomorrow, this week, this month, this year. I see a group of men that can go out and literally transform this church this city, this state, and this nation, if we choose to step up and say, you wanna, I'm gonna be a story impactor. I was listening to a book the other day and they were talking about an organization called Convoy of Hope. 
Have, has anyone in here ever heard of Convoy of Hope? Maybe a couple of you. You wanna know what I thought of? I'm like, man, what if we individually are convoys of hope? What if we bring hope to people around us? What if we just choose to say, you wanna know what, today I'm gonna be a convoy of hope. This week, I'm gonna bring hope to people around me. I'm gonna make sure that people's stories are just a little better than what they might be if I wasn't there. I'm gonna choose to do that. Jesus said this, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourselves. As we live our lives, we are writing stories. As men of God, we are called to impact other people's stories, to help them with the story that God has called them to write. Let's have this be our challenge this week. Let's be known as men who help other people write their stories. Let's do it. If you would, would you bow your heads? We got a couple things we're gonna end with this morning. We got a few more moments. What I wanna do first is I wanna offer up an opportunity. If you do not have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I wanna give you an opportunity right now to say, Jesus, I'm ready. I'm willing and I'm ready. And today I choose to give my life to you. Today I choose to ask you to be my Lord and Savior. When I count to three, if that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand where you're at so I can pray with you. One, two, three. Raise up your hand where you're at right now. All right, I'm gonna pray. Father, I just thank you for today. Father, I thank you that you open up our eyes to how we can be impactors in other people's stories. Father, give us what we need. Give us resources, give us time and give us energy. Let us even schedule time in our day so that we can be available for people. Let us be men of God that show your love to others. Jesus, let us do what you said and love our neighbor as ourselves. We pray all this in Jesus' name and everyone said, amen. amen. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna take about, we're gonna take about five minutes here. On your tables, there's yellow pieces of paper and this is what we're gonna do. And we're gonna come back and follow it up next week. But on, your piece, on those pieces of paper, there's a spot for you to write a way that you can impact someone's story this week. I don't care if it's cutting some hedges as it gets warm, if it's raking some leaves, it's paying for gas, if it's buying someone's coffee, if it's saying hi to someone at work. I want you just to think for a moment and I want you to write down a way that you're gonna step up and impact someone's story this week. You can write your name and your table number. Next week when we come back, we're gonna talk about the way that this changed both our perspective and other people's stories. And then we're gonna follow up with a couple other things next week. But I wanna take a little bit of time fellowship, maybe talk amongst your table, challenge each other, say something maybe you've done this week that's helped someone else's story. But let's just be men, come on, let's be men that impact other people's stories.